Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to the Dark Web Vlogs, where I'm sharing the experiences I've had working with clients on some of the most outrageous deals being run over the dark web. The job I'll be talking about today has to do with the Vatican and an exorcism that must get done. A priest at the Vatican became possessed and demonized while transporting an ancient but haunted object. And when true evil set in, he went on the run, and the Pope wants him and the object found. They've worked tirelessly trying to track this man down, but he's always one step ahead of them and gaining power. With his growing cult spreading anarchy and on the verge of revolt, the Vatican is looking to me to help them catch him once and for all. They call me the ghost. I'm ex-CIA and now a dark operative on the dark web. I've worked a lot of jobs, and today is my account of what happened when I go out on the chase for an intense job involving good versus evil. Take a listen and enjoy. Some jobs stand out to me the minute they come in, but there are only a few that send a small chill through me when I see them. When I checked my request that Sunday afternoon to see one from the Vatican caused me to pause for a second before actually going into it. And when I saw this one was from a cardinal, I knew there was something intense behind it because things at the Vatican are, well, you know, they have to do with life and death and good versus evil. It's all in a very mysterious and powerful way. So you want to be ready for whatever it is you're about to see. This cardinal tells me that they have a matter of importance to discuss involving a man who has fallen victim and is now a slave to evil. This man was part of their Vatican family, and they'd like to see him back and brought back to life, to the true life he vowed and had a passion to live. They also need him under control. This man apparently has big plans, and should they be carried out, it could destroy the lives of many. Now, these requests, ones like this, I mean, that come from a place like this, I never turn down, at least not to meet. There are some that I get that I have to turn down, you know, if just not for the simple reason that there are too many of them. Once that come from the Vatican, though, I'll most definitely go for this meeting and listen to what this cardinal has to tell me. So I fly into Rome, and for this meeting I go alone, and I'm met by a Vatican representative who takes me to meet the cardinal. And I'm taken to one of the many museums in Vatican City, and I'm not really sure why we'd be meeting there, but... There's got to be a reason. So we go in and I walk through most of it, you know, passing people that are touring there. And we go downstairs where all the deliveries go and where all the prep for their displays are done. 
and the Cardinal's waiting for me in this large restoration room down there. He asked the staff to leave, and they closed the door behind them, and then the guy who meets me, who had met me, waits outside to make sure that no one else comes in. The Cardinal's sitting there having a glass of wine, and he looks up to me, and he says in this low, sort of raspy, but mysterious voice, you know, at the same time. Anyway, before he says anything else, he tells me we're in a constant war against things that are not of this world, whose sole purpose is to harm us. And he asks me if I believe these things exist. And, you know, well, I've seen a lot of evil, and so I tell him yes. Then he says he was testing me to see if I had changed. He tells me I've done good work for them before, and they need me now more than ever. Then he gets up, and he asks me to walk with him. And he starts to take me through the room, showing me some of the paintings they're working on and gives me some of the history as we go. And then he just starts to get into it and explains exactly what they are looking to do. First and foremost, I need to know that the Pope himself has put out this order, and it's to return a man and an item that's on him to the Vatican, a man who's lost to evil. And unless he is stopped, he would cause a situation of chaos that we have not seen in some time, and maybe not ever. And then using the painting's perspectives and information about the artist who painted them, kind of as a way to refer to how important history is, he made the point very clearly about how we are defining history for those that will come after us every single minute of the day. And should this man remain out there in the state he's in, he would change our lives forever. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And for everyone that would come after us. And so, should we not handle this now? It would be nothing short of irresponsible. So after our small walk around, which was very impressive, by the way, we sit back down at the little table where he was when I walked in, and he gives me something to visualize. He tells me to envision a city and then world where everywhere you looked, the buildings were marked, not with graffiti, but with a new symbol of power and the given names of those we were required to follow. All shops were taken over and they were marked as such taken over and now in control by a new ruler. Speech and dress were uniform and controlled. Personal styles, along with any goals or individuality, period, were outlawed. All religions and beliefs and practices forbidden. And the new practices would revolve solely around the occult. He wanted me to imagine a world where the devil had won, and he would be the true leader of us all. He told me something chilling. He told me to think of something horrible, something I'd imagine to be the worst scenario, and then take it up however many notches it would take to be something I couldn't even comprehend. 
and he tells me that that is what we would end up with. The man they needed to track down was evil. He used to be a man of strong in his faith, but according to the cardinal, he was now just a slave to the devil. So, I mean, of course, I wanted to know, and I asked the cardinal, how did he get this way? I mean, he was a Vatican man, so how could this happen? And the cardinal tells me the story. He reminds me, and I know, that there are a lot of things in the Vatican archives that people don't know about. But one thing I did not know is they have a room, a vault of sorts, that's shut off to the world and closed off by three doors. So that should tell you a little bit about how serious it is. And it's a place very few go, and it holds a collection. A collection of things that are possessed by evil. Objects. Kind of reminded me of The Conjuring, the movie The Conjuring. Anyway, our evildoer was a transporter in the Vatican. He was someone that would actually take items brought to them and put them in this storage if they were collected and came in. But something happened when he was transporting one of these items to this room. It was a really small item. It was a small spinning top made of bone from ancient Rome. So you know there are and have been for a while paranormal investigators out there, right? You know, there are also a lot of entertaining shows out there too telling you about all of that, but I'm talking about the real deal. When a real PI finds an item that cannot be cleaned, and if it's deemed to have a threat that can't be contained, it might end up in the Vatican. If it does, it goes down to this special room in the secret archives. All things inside of these archives are believed. And by the way, they have a lot of checks on these things. You can't just claim something's haunted and then expect it to end up in the Vatican. There's a whole process for that, but I'm not going to get into all that right now. But anyway, if the item's deemed to be a real threat, it can end up here. And the spinning top was one of those items that was supposed to end up there. But this man never actually left the top in that room. He kept it and is said to always keep it with him now. To spin the top is to conjure up the devil himself. And you open the door for the devil's direction. This is where the core of this man's power comes from. And it goes even further than that. He doesn't just take from it. He ends up possessed by it. And not in an exorcist type of way. You know, like the movie, The Exorcist. Or he'd be tied up to a bed somewhere oozing out all over the place. But that's a good example of this, actually. Because if you remember that movie, The Exorcist... Well, that's exactly what this is all about. Although the movie used real facts and possibilities of a possessed person, it condensed it all into one room, you know, for our entertainment. I mean, all the things in that movie can happen, but in real life, it's in a much bigger and broader way. This man is the exorcist, only he's walking among us, and he's without the grotesque. He's a cunning, evil, smart man, who's out to destroy everything that we know. Before he ran, this man, this priest, had done enough damage, the cardinal said. He started acting strange. You know, he was missing prayer groups and ceremonies, claiming to be sick. But then he'd be spotted out of Vatican City. The fonts of holy water kept drying up. Uh, during church with another priest leading prayer, the Bible flew off the lectern. A bishop tripped during a ceremony, and candles throughout the Vatican kept having to be relit. You know, it was little games, but it was clear they were evil games. They were warnings. And finally, when it was reported to the Pope that this priest was seen late at night spinning the top in the library, he knew what had happened. It all started to make sense. He was to be brought to the Pope, examined, and then it would be determined what to do at that point. 
Well, the Pope did confirm there was evil inside of this priest, and he confronted him about the spinning top. The Pope wanted it turned in for the vault. So, accompanied by security, down to his quarters, they went to retrieve it. They thought they could just resolve it, but the priest overpowered the guy with his now superhuman strength, and about 20 minutes later, the security man was found knocked out on the floor of the priest's quarters, and the priest was long gone. And once he was gone, it seemed everyone at the Vatican came down with some kind of illness, you know, fevers, the flu, you name it. It was a mess. This all meant that his powers were growing, even while inside the Vatican. And since then, the Cardinal shares that this priest has been even more successful out in the world, taking people in very large groups with him. The Vatican's attempts to get him were getting harder and harder. You know, having him slip through their fingers and out of their hands, they needed help. I mean, they almost tracked him down in Paris, for instance, but they missed him by a few hours. But he'd already talked to people there. They thought they had him in Nigeria, but they missed him again, and he had been spreading his word there. I mean, time and time again, they tried to catch him, but the entire situation was against them. I mean, number one, he, this man knew the Vatican, and he could avert their capture better than somebody else could. That, along with the fact that his own group of followers was growing, so he had a lot of protectors. It made it extremely difficult to get to him, and it was getting dangerous to even try at this point. I mean, just him and the connection he now had with the devil was enough. But they do need to find him, and they need to get that spinning top. So then I just asked the cardinal, you know, if he has any idea where this man is now. And the cardinal actually chuckles. That surprised me. So when I asked him why I was doing that, he tells me, you know, that this man, who I'm just going to go ahead and give him a name, Piero, because we're in the museum at that point, and there's a famous Italian painter named Piera della Francesca. So why not? Anyway, he tells me he chuckled because this man, Piero, was very evil, and he was a possessed man, right? But he was also human. And although he's running around spreading the word of Satan everywhere, he has a sick mother back here in Rome. It's his one weakness. She's very ill, and she was in a hospital in Rome, but Piero had her removed. They know that she can't be far. I mean, they're assuming that. I mean, he must have quite the crew caring for her, but they still haven't found her. The Vatican is of the mindset that when his mother passes, this is when the power of Piero's true evil will be let loose, and it'll be put out there at an even more dangerous level. The meetings and the gatherings he's having all over the world, the followers he's building, he would give them the signal, and we would see revolts pop up simultaneously throughout the globe. All of this to hit his goal of starting a revolution. I mean, all religions and beliefs would become illegal. And basically, it would be your choice, you know, convert or meet a violent demise. The goal of Satan, the Cardinal reminds me, is to kill us, destroy the earth, and do whatever it takes so that he can come out again. Anyway, the point was that Piero was, or so they thought, in Italy now, or he would be soon. They just don't know exactly where his mother is. But he does seem to make regular visits back, and the only reason they know that is because of the telltale signs. At this point, the Cardinal says, it's not very hard for them to spot his watchdogs, or that's what they call them. But to try to track them down is fruitless because you could follow any one of those guys for hours, but you would never find Piero. They're decoys, but they're also a warning. If you mess with them or try to come after Piero, there are a slew of them that are gonna come back after you. They'll lead you in separate directions, but they will all come at you at once, like an army, if need be. 
I tell him that I'm going to need my team to come and assist me on this one. And he's familiar with how I work, which I expected. But when you're dealing with people like this, you never really want to assume anything of them and you need to be respectful. But they're always on their game. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, he lets me know that he already expected that and he's secured a private room in the Vatican Library for me and my team to meet and work. And he has journals of this event that he will bring to me and any other information that he has on Piero and what's happened here. He also tells me that my driver has the keys to our hotel rooms that he has set up for me at the only hotel inside Vatican City. So that's great. And our meeting comes to an end and we're set to meet again in the morning. So now it's time for me to go. And I'm taking out the only door I saw in the room, but he went the other direction. It's always a mystery with these guys. Anyway, I get back in the car and my driver, who isn't very talkative, but nice enough. I mean, I'm not really in a big mood to chat either, but just got a huge download of unsettling information. I get to the hotel, which is very nice, and it actually looks like heaven since it's been a really long day. I definitely need some good sleep for the work I have in the morning, but I notify my team, and they've been waiting for my call, and everyone's going to come except for Scarlett, who more often than not will stay back to help monitor things for my own office, keep an eye on things, and be there if we need anything. This is a big and important job. It's early morning for them right now, and so my team will be on a flight mid-morning, and I'll see them tomorrow mid-morning. And I think about my meeting with the Cardinal, you know, as I'm in my room, you know, under a museum where people were entertaining their interests and themselves with beautiful paintings by people they most likely don't know much about. I mean, we were in the place where the beauty was brought back to life, you know, the restoration room, you know, brought for everyone to see. But what the Cardinal was warning me about is how much none of this history there or the people behind it are going to matter, how we wouldn't matter either if this exorcism doesn't happen. And I can see now why we met in the museum. I mean, just walking in that room, the history was heavy. So anyway, it made sense to me now why you chose to meet in that place. Our future and the future we'll leave behind, that's what's at stake here. And then before I go to sleep, I also thought about Piero. You know, I have Piero the priest serving under the Pope in Rome. He developed a close relationship with the Pope and was working his way up to be a bishop. He entered the seminary when he was 16. He's now 46. He was dedicated, involved, and on his way. But then I have the new Piero, now a slave to the devil, serving Satan. Clearly, the Pope believes in this priest, and we're here to find and bring this man back to the Vatican. I need to know more about his weakness, though, his mother, before I can find him. I feel like I need to find her first. Anyway, then I get some sleep, and in the morning, I know I have my team coming. I have the cardinal who's leaving me information, and I have me. So the first thing I will be doing is getting some coffee. And then I want my driver to take me through the area to see if I can spot any of these so-called watchdogs, if they're there, if they're out. And on my drive, you know, I'm going around the area, and I don't see anything odd at first. I'm guessing, you know, because it's earlier in the day, but... At the same time, we're not even sure anyone's here at all. And I think about that because if that ends up being the case, we're going to need to figure out where Piero might be. I'm really hoping that the notes at the Vatican are a help. And so, you know, I'm just sitting in the backseat of this car thinking about all of this, looking out the window, and then the weirdest thing happens. This guy catches my eye. Now, he can't see me because our windows are tinted, but he most definitely spots our car. And I can tell that I would barely have noticed him if he was just sitting there on that patio reading the paper. I mean, he could have blended in. But he had a small coffee on his table, and he was just watching our car. 
He followed us the whole way. I mean, I watch him back. It was kind of hard not to. But behind those little black sunglasses, he followed us as we came into the square and then passed right in front of him. I mean, can I tell you for sure at that point if that was a watchdog? No, I can't. But I can tell you that the guy gave me the creeps. I'll have to check out what the Vatican's notes say on these guys, but it wouldn't surprise me at that point if he were one of them. So I get to the Vatican, led to the library, and then another room within that, and there are books and papers on the table that are waiting for me, so I just get right to it. And I'm reading and looking through all this stuff for about an hour before my team shows up. And then we all start looking at different things. You know, there's a lot of information, so we separate it out to be more efficient. My focus is to understand Piero, and I ask Ryder to do the same. We need to understand the good, bad, and ugly of this guy the best that we can. I want Harley to dig for anything she can that might help us find mom, Piero's weakness that he always comes back to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Connect any of the people in the journals and see how they might relate, where they are, and anything might, that just might be of help there. And I actually send Jagger back to the hotel. I want him to keep a lookout. I mean, sit on the roof if he has to. But I want him to watch out for any suspicious activity that might tell us if someone knows we're there. And Frankie, I want him to scope out for those watchdogs. I want him to look around town for anyone that looks or acts like the man I saw this that morning. And first, he'll have to run a car because our tinted black chauffeur is just, it's a big giveaway. He'll be parking often and going around on foot and keeping his distance, but he needs to get out there and check things out. So with all of us with our tasks and things to do, we set out to get as much information as we can to be prepared and to help us track down the possessed Piero. All right, so I'm digging into all this stuff, and I can see the Vatican's frustrations here. I mean, they were on Piero's trail several times and have a ton of information they can find a lot of people that he's worked with, but it's the man they can't find. It reminds me, actually, of the authorities, you know, back home, because it's capturing the man in charge. That's their goal. In addition here, they know why he's acting the way he is, and they want to help him get out of this. They want to get to the real Piero, the one that would never do any of this. It's the devil's work coming out through him. After logging what they know about Piero's travels and visits to different places, I can see that they really do have a ton of information. They just can't catch him. This information all got logged then by us into a program that I have. My guys always bring me my computers, you know, and all the goodies that come with them. Anyway, this program is going to help trend out what this guy's been doing. I want an overall timeline and map of what's been going on. He's been on the run for a year and a half, and in that time, he's done a lot. So I'm doing all of that, and a man walks in, and he tells me I have to come with him to see the cardinal. I'm a little surprised, and I'm kind of deep into what I'm doing, but of course I'm going to go. He takes me to where the Cardinal works. Not really sure if I'd call it an office, but I guess it is. Anyway, the Cardinal's laying on his couch in there, and he's being tended to by somebody. And I I mean, I walk in, I have no idea what's going on. The Cardinal calls me over and asks everyone else to leave. So I kneel down, you know, so I'm eye level with him. I just wait to hear what he has to say. 
He tells me that we must hurry, that the devil's presence is getting stronger. He reminds me that the devil is always alive and well in the Vatican and must be fought against constantly. He tells me that he's getting sick and that about an hour ago, he was reaching for a book on one of his shelves. He has a small step stool that he uses for the higher books. Anyway, he was on that stool and reaching when he says that something or someone pushed him back away from the bookshelf. He fell off of that stool and twisted his ankle. He assures me that he did not lose his balance. It's nothing like that. He felt the push. And he tells me that Piero is close and that he knows something's wrong. It was a punishment. I let him know about the guy that I saw that morning. And the Cardinal was convinced that it definitely was one of Piero's watchdogs. And he tells me I need to be careful. We are the last chance here because as we know, Piero's mother's very ill and things are going to start happening. So I go right back down to the library and we start to really move things along. You know, in the end, we have a few things to go on that the Vatican probably missed. This guy's been dodging and jumping from one random place to another, and that makes it very easy to throw somebody off. But my programs do a pretty good job of showing us the true pattern, and it may shed some light on some motives. Piero has gone to a lot of places, but he has five hotspots that he seems to be concentrating on. Germany, the United States, France, the UK, and then Italy, which is convenient for our guy here because his mother's here. Looking closely at Italy and hoping he's here now, it looks like he comes back about every four to six weeks. And we're at his four-week mark right now since his last visit. So that's where we are with all of that. I read up on the travels of the spinning top. I mean, where did this thing come from? What is this thing all about? I find out the ownership of it included many men who enjoyed a lot of power, only to fall when the top changed hands. And it went through many before it was supposed to end up in the Vatican's haunted objects vault. But now it's in Piero's hands, and it's his talisman. And there's something to be said for items like this, you know? It works only if you believe it. Is that right? What if it gets a hold of you, you know? If Piero is who the Cardinal says he is, then there's no way he's aware of what's going on. All right, well, in the meantime, Harley learns more about Piero's mother, and we find out that she was diagnosed with gastric cancer. We don't know how or where she's being treated now, but Harley was able to track down the use of medications and different equipment being picked up and used around Rome down to the detail. I mean, it was a lot of information, but that's what she's good at. In the end, her data confirms the likelihood that his mother is still here in Rome, which is great for us. So we're going to go with that. We start wrapping things up at the library so that we can get out into the field and hopefully track this guy down. When I get a call from Scarlett, who's back home, remember, keeping an eye on different things for me, it's helpful, you know, to leave someone back sometimes because there are more tools and programs and things there that she has at her disposal. Anyway, earlier I had sent her the information that I had on Piero's hotspots, and she's been researching what she can about all of that, and she has some information. In each one of the hotspots, there are things being set up, meetings being formed, rallies and things, and they're using some kind of language or code when they talk about locations, but then you're using the dark web to do it. So I make a mental note that I'm going to be digging around on the dark side there to figure out what these guys are up to, and I'll do that as soon as I'm done catching this guy, because it'd be great to stop any of that before it starts. What does interest me, though, right now is that what it looks like from what she can find is that they're set to launch what could be their revolts in three and a half weeks. So that must mean that he's not expecting his mother to live very long if we're still going off of that. 
It also means that we could be running out of time then. Lastly, before I head out, I check in with Jagger, who, remember, he's been back at the hotel watching for any soon-to-be tales on us, and he lets me know there's been no activity. So although Piero seems to be messing with the Cardinal, he doesn't know about us yet, which is good. Okay, well, my plan is to get out of the Vatican and go figure out these watchdogs. It might take a while, and I hate that I need to take the time to do this, but this has to be done right. I mean, we can't quite figure out where the mom is, but we do know the watchdogs are out there, and I feel they could be the key to finding either Piero's mother, because someone's bringing her supplies and Piero is visiting her. That could lead us to him. Or they could take us directly to Piero himself. These watchdogs are his veil. They're the decoys. They're everything. They're meant to protect him and intimidate people like us. But it's directly to them that we're going to go because behind them is an unsuspecting Piero. So I work on this and do this, and I mean, we're hitting the pavement for the next three days. And here's what we found. We figured out the pattern of the watchdogs. It seems there are seven of them, at least seven heads of them on the front lines here in the city with us. The funny thing is that we figured out that six of them move around a lot. You know, they're moving around the outskirts of the town, but there's one that stays close. He's never too far from Vatican City. He is the one we're going to focus on because he is out front, I'm convinced, watching things for Piero. And Piero has to be right behind him. Okay, so it's about 11 p.m. in Rome. And right now our top watchdog is at a small watering hole in Rome, which we didn't really expect that. It's very close to Vatican City, though. Ryder and I have been hiding out of sight for quite a while watching this guy. And then it happens that he's joined by Piero, who comes from the inside of this place. That tells me there's a back door. Either way, we finally see him, Piero in the flesh. He waited until very late, but he does meet his watchdog outside, which is, seems unusual. They seem to talk and laugh over a beer, and they really just look like a couple of buddies hanging out late night outside of a quiet pub kind of place, but we know better. And so... As you know, I had my guys bring me some of my supplies, and knowing I'd be tracking down and staking things out to find this guy, I had them bring me my binoculars. And these particular ones are made for night viewing, and they work really great. They can also detect heat, and they're equipped with a radar system as well, so they can do lots of things. I mean, I can, if I can, lock on to Mr. Piero with these binoculars, it will help me track him to a certain point if he goes back into the building. And I do that. You know, you have to actually lock on to what you're tracking first. And lucky for me, Piero is right there in front of me. Anyway, his friend gets up to go inside. And that's when he does it. Piero breaks out the spinning top and he starts spinning it on the table. And I can see him. And he's staring at it. He's smiling and nodding like he's kind of listening to somebody. And it's almost like there's a small breeze coming off of it or something because he starts wiping his eyes as if they're watering and I can kind of see his hair, which he hasn't cut in a while, blow back a little bit. Or, you know, it could be, he could be letting out tears of joy, I guess, who knows? I have to wonder. I mean, is it time? Is it close? Is he starting to pre-celebrate? We need to find his mother. We cannot lose him now. So, like I said, I have Ryder with me, but it's time to call on the rest of the troops. I give them my location and have them spread out so we're surrounding this little pub. I do not want this guy to get away. I mean, he slips away every single time, but the Vatican hasn't been this close. This chance is a one in the million chance, so we have to make it work. 
Piero's friend comes back out, and the minute he does, Piero slams his hand down on the spitting top, and then he puts it back in his pocket. And then he just takes another beer from his friend, and they go about their business. I'm guessing at this point that nobody in his little circle knows about his talisman or what it's doing for him. Uh, More how it's using Piero, I should say. But that's just a guess at this point. But lucky for us, you know, it seems like every bad guy makes a mistake. Or let's face it, more like 20, right? But this one is his tonight. Piero's out in public. He's like a regular guy. He knows something's up with the Cardinal, but he hasn't figured out what it is, which is also great because we're here now. I don't intend on losing him. So all my team arrives and gets in place, and we have a good view of him out front. Ryder and I have been hiding out in some bushes, but I send her off to get the car that Frankie rented. She's going to stand by. And then we all just wait. Should these guys leave, Ryder will come back and pick us up. Harley and Jagger are watching from across the street, and they're off to the side because the other side of the pub is up against a coffee shop, so there's nothing really there. And Frankie, he's out back, keeping an eye on that. The two men finish up their beers, and they go inside. And I let Frankie know, and he ends up with a very clear view of them walking out the back. And right as they do, like someone was standing by for them, a red Toyota pulls up, and they get in, and they go off. So Ryder comes up and gets all of us, you know, keeping the headlights off. And we all crawl into this Jeep Renegade that Frankie rented, and we start to follow them. There aren't many cars out, though, because it's late. So we need to keep a good distance from these men while still following them. They end up going to a place that's a gated community. It's a community of residences. And it's really, it's a sea of homes. And they're all in chunks, you know, four or six of them together, kind of like townhomes connected in some way. They're only one level. Um, They have a garage, a carport, courtyard, you know, they're all put together these different funky ways. I've researched a lot of what's in Rome, and this is an area where a lot of the younger locals are, maybe new couples, things like that. A good place to start out in Rome, you know, secure, behind gates, things like that. And I mean, the gates are great for those living there. But after those guys scan their card and get in, we can't just rush up and follow them in. I have Ryder stop the car and I break out my binoculars again. And all I can do now is lock onto the car, but that's the best I can do. I get it locked, and then I actually get up and stand on top of our Jeep, and I watch the car as best I can through this maze of buildings. I lost it twice, actually, but then I found it again. And I was able to see the car when it came to a stop. You know, through the binoculars, I can't actually see where it is physically. Now, just because I could see or tell the car had stopped, it doesn't It's not a guarantee that he actually got out. I don't know exactly where they are either, but we have the general area and that's all we've got. So I go ahead and lock in on the location, but from this distance, you know, and through all of that, we can't expect to know for sure where he is. All we can do is get closer. So we unload out of the Jeep and we're going to make our way on foot. But before we go anywhere, I call the special number that the Cardinal gave me. You know, he's been up and around and feeling a little bit better, but he is still using a crutch to get around. Anyway, I call him and he answers and I tell him where we are and that we're very close to Piero, that we've seen him. And he's beyond thankful, but he also knows that we're not done. He's also very scared for us. He tells me that we have no protection against Lucifer and he wants me to wait for him to get there. But I remind him how cunning this man is. Even this could be a trick and we can't lose him now. If we want the best shot, he needs to stay put and he has to trust me. We will do the best that we can. He doesn't have much of a choice because we're off. We get all geared up, and because I know we're dealing with someone who has the devil active inside of him, we need to be careful and prepared. And I made sure that all of us have a sedative. 
It will take something very powerful to stop a man like this. And even if we all stuck him with our syringes, I mean, we won't kill him, but we might need it to stop him. I'm hoping one is enough, but we'll have to see. With something like this, you just can't be too careful. To try to move in on him in an active state could be dangerous for all of us, and we can't take that chance, or none of us might get back. So, okay, we end up crawling over the gate to this place. We make our way over to where my binocular locator is giving us the best chance to find him. And when we get to the area where he should be, we hear people talking. So we start walking around and we find a break in the building and an old fence there. I mean, it's really small, meaning the space is small. It's kind of, it's hard to explain, but they're all, all these buildings are kind of connected. But I can see Piero in the courtyard. Now, we could just break through that little fence. That'd be easy. But we'd be asking for trouble to just walk in on him like that. So we look around and we pretty much have no choice but to take it to the roof. So one by one, the five of us work our way up one of the balconies and onto the roof. And when we get to the top, you know, we take a check to make sure that we have everything. And once we're set, we start to make our way to the middle where the courtyard is. And I'm just shocked, you know, because we're looking down and it's happening. You know, we have found him. I'm relieved for about one second. But, I mean, this is nowhere near over, right? He's sitting in the middle of this courtyard with two other- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Other guys. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if we did not do everything at the exact times that we did, we could have missed this. It's a little unfortunate that we have other people down there, but we have to get to Piero. So we give it a little time. You know, we do wait for just a bit to see what will happen. Hopefully, you know, they've all had a lot to drink and they'll go to bed soon and we can just get them when they're vulnerable. But we get an even better break. The two men that are with Piero go inside. They've apparently had enough for one night. Plus, we hear Piero say that he wants to stay outside for a while by himself. He gives them a cheers, and now he's just sitting outside by himself with a bottle of tequila. He waits for the other two guys to go in, and when the lights go off, he does it again. He breaks out the spinning top. He doesn't spin it right away, though, and we kind of are taken aback. You know, it's like he got a whiff of us or something because he stops, top in hand, and he doesn't expect anyone to be above him, but he does look all around. But, you know, he finds nothing. Everyone's asleep. So he just shrugs it off and starts to spin that dang top. And when he does, there's definitely a breeze you can see this time, a wind even, that swirls up from his table. Something's about to happen. So we just have to go in now. The courtyard is down in a square. You know, the buildings are around it. There's living spaces and garages surrounding it. These residents are fairly small. They're only one level. So we're just going to have to jump down. Jagger will stay up top, though. We'll leave one person above to be the eyes of the situation and come down only as an emergency resource if we need him. The rest of us, though, each take a side. The plan? Frankie will go first and jump down right in front of him. Ryder and Harley will wait, and then they'll jump down on either side of him, and I will go at the same time they do, but I'll be behind him. And the goal is that I will get him first with my syringe. It's a great plan but it's bound to have problems with this guy, right? 
but it's all we've got. So we go for it. When Frankie jumps down, we know he's probably going to get hit pretty good. And he does. I mean, the minute he hits the ground, Piero slams his hand down on his top. And all the spinning wind, you know, that stops too. So Frankie hits the ground. You know, he's kind of down on his knees. And then he stands up slowly and he smiles at Piero. And once he's fully upright, he just starts walking towards him, you know. But Piero holds up his right hand and hits him with a force that throws Frankie back. The girls and I hit the ground next. And as he's looking left and right, I race towards him and get him in the back of the neck. And he lets out this crazy man-demon sort of cry, but it doesn't take him down. I mean, instead, he stands up and turns around to look at me. But when he does that, Frankie's back, and he gets him next with his syringe. And then Piero starts to stumble now. You know, it's hitting him a little bit, but he's still walking towards me. Ryder gives him one more hit, and he finally falls to the ground. I mean, it felt like this all happened in two seconds, which it might have. I'm not even sure. Now, he's on the ground, and I can see a light that comes on in one of the houses, and we're stuck in this courtyard. Not ideal. I run, and I try a door that's there. It's a door to a garage, but it's locked. But these are cheap doors, and it really all it takes is me slamming a large rock into the doorknob a few times, and this thing just falls apart. So, problem solved. Frankie grabs the spinning top off the table and we drag our guy as fast as we can through that garage and out to the front. His passkey gets us out the gate and we get out to the car. We load him up and we get out of there. On the way there, back to the Vatican, Frankie starts to look at this crazy top. You know, it's very old. I'd never seen one made out of bone before and I'll admit it was kind of cool to see it, but none of us want anything to do with it. So Ryder pulls out a small bag from her backpack and we put the spinning top in that. I call ahead, and the cardinal is going to make sure we get into a secured side entrance. And when we pull up, there are a few guys waiting for us, and they don't mess around. You know, even though our guy is completely out right now, I mean, he could come out of it any minute with everything he has going on, I suppose. They're ready for that. They bring up a wheelchair, and he's strapped down all kinds of ways to this thing. You know, arms, hands, legs, stomach. I mean, he is strapped down. We all go into this special room that they had waiting for us, and the Pope is there. Now, this was something, I can tell you that, and something I did not expect. He gets up to meet us, and he thanks us for bringing the man back. And I hand him the bag with the spinning top, and he immediately turns and gives it to another guy to take down to the haunted objects vault. Finally, where it belongs. Our Piero, out of nowhere, starts to almost growl in his chair. It's like the evil inside of him knew that the spinning top was being taken from him for good. I mean, you could say the shots are wearing off, but that'd technically not really be possible quite yet. It's more like the evil is working its way out through him right now. Either way, it's time to get things going for this guy, and we're all in the room when things start to happen. He gets more awake every time he opens his mouth, and he's just writhing under his straps. I mean, he's pulling and twisting his body in all different directions, they have him strapped down good, though. He's not going anywhere. And I took a look at him, you know, and when you look at him, like really look at him, there's nothing behind his eyes right then. I mean, they are empty. And it's not like somebody who's lost in thought or something like that. I am talking empty. There is no man behind those eyes. Not right then. It was the weirdest thing, and it was so chilling. There really is no other word than probably terrifying to describe this person as a whole at that moment when he was looking back at us. It was like his evil was just gonna jump out of him and get onto you or something. Very strange. The Pope made it clear at that point that he was ready to start his process 
And that was our signal that we needed to go. I let the Cardinal know that we had things to clear out of our library space and that we would be done there. I also let him know that I would be sending him a full report of all that we knew and what we had found out on Piero's cells. He had five major ones, and their activity had tentative start dates. That's what it looked like. That could mean civil war in many different areas. He walks us to the door, and as he's you know, about to close the door behind us, he lets me know that they have already located Piero's mother. She was also at that residence. She was out of it on medication, but he wanted me to know that she was en route to the hospital. So she was getting care, and we didn't really need to worry about that part. So that was nice, but... As we walk down the hall to go back to the library, and we have a chaperone the whole time, by the way. It's not like we're just wandering around the Vatican by ourselves. That just doesn't happen. But as we walked away, you just heard this awful screaming coming from Piero. These guys had a long night ahead of them, and the Pope had a lot of work to do with this guy. He really was deep, deep into all of it. In the end, with what we found, the fall of Piero to his followers didn't cause things to stop, but it did take his organization out of a lot of it. There would be no one organized revolution now, but we would see, you know, small revolts and protests and random wars for power in different places, sure. Can I tell you exactly which ones were started from the main group of anarchists organized by Piero? No, I cannot. That report went to the Vatican for them to do with what they needed to do and with whom they needed to do it. That's not me or you. The craziest part of all of this job when I reflect on it is the form of evil that took over Piero. To see that up close. I mean, whether you're a believer of any of that or not, surely you have known someone or thought you did. And then one day they were just different. You know, like you never really knew them at all. And they changed in not a good way. The believers would tell you that that's a moment that they were taken over. That it happened slowly that you might not notice it right away. And by the time you did, it'd be too late. And that was my job, being called to the Vatican for a case that had many levels, from religion to power to complete madness. If we failed to bring back Piero, the damage could have been devastating. I will never forget that day in the basement of that museum with the Cardinal or the day we brought Piero to the Pope. I mean... This is my life. Even sometimes I don't believe it, right? But I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I really hope you enjoyed this vlog. I have many more stories to tell, so like, subscribe, and find out when I post next. Until next time, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all soon.